Welcome to Making Sense of the Madness, where we question the mainstream narrative and expose media propaganda. Today, we'll be talking to Dr. Kirk Elliott about what's going on in the financial world. Next, we'll talk to Dr. Mark Sherwood about the World Health Organization seeking to usurp our sovereignty. We're also going to talk to Graham Ledger, get his perspective on the war between Democrats and Republicans regarding gas prices and illegal immigration. Finally, Josh Reed from the Red Pill Project will be giving us his analysis on Elon Musk exposing Twitter's spam bot machine that shapes public perception. All that and more, so stay with us. to cover because we are at war. Our supply lines are being disrupted by design. Food shortages are on the near-term horizon and now they are trying to starve our babies as baby formula is uh, in America right now becoming very scarce as you well know. These things are not an accident or poor management. It is happening by design because we are at war. That's right. That is John Michael Chambers' latest speech at Clay Clark's Reawakening America Tour event. I thought I would play it today because, you know, we're one of the only news networks that talks about this unconventional war that's unfolding right before us. This type of context is going to help us understand the headlines. So let's get right into the breaking news. America First Congresswoman Lauren Boebert is helping us win the war of ideas in the censorship versus free speech debate. Check out her latest speech before Congress. Madam Speaker, the Biden regime wants to talk disinformation. Okay, let's give them something to talk about. Let's talk about how the White House said that it was Republicans that want to defund the police. Let's talk about how Secretary Mayorkas said the southern border is closed. Let's talk about how Joe Biden said his Build Back Better agenda cost zero American tax dollars. Let's talk about how Biden's new press secretary falsely claimed Trump stole the 2016 presidential election. And remember Afghanistan? Let's talk about how Joe Biden said any American who wants to come home will get you home. Well, that sounds like the words of a lying dog-faced pony soldier to me. Very well said. You know, conservatives, Republicans, we can't just let the left continue to uh, take territory. We have to push back, and I think she's doing that. Project Veritas recently released the truth of how Twitter employees feel and how they work, if they work at all. Check it out. Do you think there's a difference between Twitter's definition of free speech and Elon's definition of free speech? Twitter does not work. What do your colleagues say about like? They hate it. Some of my colleagues are like super left, 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 left. You know, jobless. Like he's a capitalist. If we weren't really operating like capitalists more. We were very socialist. Like we're all like communist. I basically went and worked like four hours a week last quarter. That's just how it works in our company. But Twitter is like mental health and everything. Like if you're not feeling it, you can take a few days off. People are taking months off. I don't know if the two parties can truly coexist on one platform. Yes, you have to go undercover on a Tinder date with the Twitter employee to get the truth. 
We're going to be discussing a lot more about Elon Musk's buying Twitter with Josh Reed of the Red Pill Project later. Well, some important elections are happening in my home state of Pennsylvania today. Donald Trump has endorsed Dr. Oz for Senate, whereas General Michael Flynn and Doug Mastriano have endorsed Kathy Barnett. Well, Sean Hannity, along with Newsmax, has gone out of their way to attack Ms. Barnett. Let's see what Hannity had to say. Look at your screen. Here is Barnett marching alongside. This just broke today. Radical Proud Boys during uh, January 6th. She claimed she had no idea who they were and that she didn't breach the Capitol. And look at this. Yes. So if you were one of the one million patriots who peacefully demonstrated the stolen election on January 6th, you could be painted by fellow conservatives as an extremist. Well, I tend to differ with Sean Hannity in this regard. I have to say that every time Ms. Barnett gets attacked, it makes her look even better. Even if she doesn't win today, I believe she has a bright future in politics. Well, that's it for the breaking news. Let's take a quick break. When we get back, we'll talk to Kirk Elliott, PhD economist. We're gonna find out what's going on in the financial world. Government-induced inflation, taxes, rising interest rates, and political instability, they all have a crushing effect on our investments, often causing the stock market to go down. They can also cause gold and silver to go up. There's a time to be in stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, and there's a time to get out. This is the time to hold gold and silver. Kirk Elliott, double PhD, has been protecting individual Americans' assets for more than two decades. Hi, I'm Kirk Elliott. There's no such thing as a bad investment. There's only bad timing for investments. And now is the time to own gold and silver. Now is the time to own physical metals in an IRA, a 401k, and of course, outside of a retirement plan. Don't let the government destroy your hard-earned assets. Please call 720-605-3900. 720-605-3900 for gold, silver, and undeniable economic protection against out-of-control government. Dr. Mark Sherwood is a naturopathic doctor and America First candidate running for governor of Oklahoma. Mark, you've been following this World Health Organization attempt to take over national health emergencies. What's this all about? Well, thanks for having me on, Sean. I have been following it quite closely. And apparently the Biden administration, the clown in chief, as I like to call them at this point in time, they are believing that they can sort of deed over this idea of sovereignty or control in a perceived health crisis and or threat as determined by the WHO, giving the WHO authority to do what they must do to act uh, towards countries in, as a whole to supersede or override their own constitutional rights. Uh, as I followed this, uh, two things to keep in mind. Number one, I do not believe that uh, President Biden has the authority to uh, make unconstitutional deals and our treaties with their countries, other organizations, etc. But most importantly, number two, and this is a big one, this decision is completely irrelevant to the people of these United States because the 10th Amendment is superior to anything the federal government does. So my encouragement is to support governors and sheriffs to actually enforce the Constitution, to enforce and knowing it clearly so that you can step up, push back, and so that this thing continues to stay irrelevant from the states. That's a good point, Mark. A lot of patriots are getting scared that as soon as a piece of paper is signed, then all of our sovereignty just automatically disappears. But 
that's not constitutional. And, uh, you know, people have tried to do illegal things in the past. It doesn't make it right. And it doesn't mean it's going to be enforceable, right? That's right. And I'm trying to get people to not fall prey for the panic and fear that is, Sean, because right now the agenda of the suffocating socialistic Marxist people is to get us into a panicked and fear state so that we'll act reactionary versus proactively. And if you think proactively, you're different because you don't make um, erroneous or negative decisions. You think through this, understand what the 10th Amendment is. And I encourage people to read your Bill of Rights, all of the first 10 amendments, and understand that those rights are not given to us by the Constitution, but they're laid out in the Constitution as given to us by God. And the Constitution and we, the states, we actually formed the federal government. It wasn't the other way around. So it's these individual nation sovereign states that we have that form the union. And therefore, they have sovereignty. They have control. And they did not give that over to the federal government. Therefore, the federal government cannot give their sovereignty over to someone else. Yeah, good point there, Mark. I'm totally with you on this. But is there a bright spot here to these criminals trying to pull this off? I mean, the fact that we get it on the record, we get where they stand, we get we understand their playbook, their agenda, where they want to go and how they think that this is going to happen. There's a big bright spot. And on the note of brightness, it's actually the light that uncovers all darkness. So as people within the freedom circles, if they really allow God to shine through them and allow God to illuminate through them to them things, the light will always overpower the darkness and the darkness will be exposed. So those things that are hidden will be revealed. And Sean, I look at this in a unique way. It's an opportunity right now. You don't have to guess what is happening. You know what's happening. And what better way to defeat an enemy than for the enemy to show you their actual playbook game plan and steps to achieve it. So we have a great opportunity right now as traumatic and dramatic as it is. I am super encouraged about what can be achieved by we, the people once again. Absolutely. And you are running for governor of Oklahoma and it seems like the constitution and, uh, and, and God is what you're standing on with this race. Uh, you know, uh, there are other governor races out there. People are understanding with the pandemic that happened, the pandemic, just how important governors are. Anything to comment on regarding the governorship? Yeah, I don't think people have really grasped the concept of what the governors are supposed to do. We wouldn't be in the mess we're in if, first of all, God would have been honored. And secondly, if governors would have stood up and really understood the Constitution, which they swear to protect. And then finally, right in tangential alignment with that, Sean, is the sheriffs, the county sheriffs being the highest um, elected official in the county, have every authority to, along with the state borders, to draw borders around their county and say, you know, the federal government, you're not welcome here. You can't do anything. This has been upheld many, many times uh, with this sovereignty issue. Namely, going back to the mid-80s when Sheriff Richard Mack sued the then Clinton administration on this idea of enforcement of the Brady Bill way back when. So we know there's precedence that's already been set from the Supreme Court multiple times over that what I'm saying is absolutely true. We just need a fresh 
education of this once again, or maybe a fresh memory jog of this to understand that we have every opportunity right now to create something that is extraordinary. Again, to really, as I stated, rise up and become the entity that built this movement called We the People. What about on the ground in Oklahoma? Uh, the, the issues that people really care about leading up to this election, are they the same issues nationally that other states, civilians uh, care about? Or is it something particular that's happening in Oklahoma as opposed to other places that people are really uh, impacted by and they're going to be voting based on that? Well, it's the same across the board with a few exceptions. Like in Oklahoma, for example, we have more land purchased right now from the Chinese Communist Party to the tune of over 300,000 acres compared to every other state in these United States. And it's being used under the idea of medical marijuana supplies, but it's actually turning into weapons, uh, drugs, and sex trafficking haven. We have four times more marijuana licenses sold than the whole state of California. So in effect, Oklahoma is becoming the centerpiece of the terroristic threat that is the Chinese Communist Party infiltrating our country, trying to control our food supply, our economy without firing one shot. And this is a great tactic on their behalf, but we just need to be aware of it. And I have a plan to push back with exponential force and courage that we have in us as Americans, and we're going to get them out of our state and out of our country. Yeah. Why shouldn't Oklahomans own most of the land in Oklahoma and keep the profits in the state and recycle that money and build up the community resources? That's, you know, it's Oklahoma first. I like that idea. Where can people go to learn more about your, your candidacy? Well, they can go to Sherwood2022.com and our website's going to lay out all of our stances and platforms. And it's important that all candidates lay them out there for people to see them. And if they don't, most important thing we can do is vote somebody else into those offices. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Mark Sherwood. Check out Sherwood2022.com. Now we're going to a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk to Graham Ledger about what's going on on Capitol Hill. Did you know that annuities are a great way to protect a portion of your retirement portfolio from downside risk? And unlike CDs and money market accounts, they accumulate tax deferred and can participate in the upside of market indexes. And they are probate free and can provide an income that you can't outlive. With all the different companies, features, indexes, and benefits which annuities offer, it can be confusing choosing which annuity is best for your unique situation. Let a company you can trust help you select an annuity that's right for you. Call the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. That's a Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. Add an annuity to your retirement portfolio and start enjoying the many benefits that smart investors love. The Cleveland Insurance Group, 844-USA-2024. Graham Ledger is a two-time Emmy Award-winning newsman, formerly of One American News. Graham, sometimes it seems like Republicans and Democrats only pretend to fight about these important issues like gas prices, inflation, immigration. So tell me, what's, what's the latest uh, charade going on? Well, let me ask you a question, Sean. Um, do you believe that if you raise taxes, as Joe Biden says he wants to do, raise taxes on corporations, that that somehow is going to decrease inflation? Do you believe that? 
Yes, Graham, but I guess that is the mantra of the left. They think that somehow they're going to just get all this free money and be able to just do magic with it. Well, you know, it's exactly the opposite. Um, they're, they're expecting you and me to be economic illiterates, and a lot of us are not. I, I would have guessed maybe the majority of this republic, unfortunately, maybe isn't an economic literate. But a lot of us understand what's going on. You raise taxes on anybody, it harms the free market process. Um, if you raise taxes on corporate, you raise taxes on McDonald's, say, right? What are they, what's McDonald's going to do? McDonald's is going to charge more for its Big Mac. And so who pays more for the Big Mac? Well, you and me. I don't go to McDonald's. I don't eat fast food. But if, if I did, um, that's what would happen. Corporations pass the taxes on to the consumer. So it would have the exact opposite effect. Raising taxes on corporations is effectively a tax hike across all of America. But Joe Biden doesn't want you to understand that. Milton Friedman knew this. Milton Friedman was one of my heroes. 50 years ago, he was espousing one thing and one thing only. And that is when there was inflation, there was one cause for inflation, one cause and one cause only. Not mean, greedy oil companies, not McDonald's, not corporations, not um, price gouging that's going on ostensibly by these, uh, by these oil companies, no. Milton Friedman knew that only government, and in this case, the federal government, only the federal government can cause inflation, primarily two ways, one by printing too many dollars, getting too many dollars out there, chasing too few goods, and the other is spending dollars that don't exist, IOUs, out-of-control government spending. Does any of this sound familiar? It's exactly what's going on right now. The Federal Reserve is making our currency virtually worthless by the quantitative easing that it's been doing now for years and years and years. And then they doubled down during the government response to COVID. And of course, our national debt is somewhere in the neighborhood of $30 trillion. They want to focus on the deficit. They think you're an economic illiterate. Of course, the difference between the debt and the deficit, deficit is short-term, debt is long-term. And we have a long-term problem here. And the media... The media are complicit in this because they're not. There's a few challenging this narrative in uh, Washington D.C. They're raising taxes is going to somehow help with inflation. It's not, of course. But there's a couple of journalists challenging that. Meantime, most of the so-called journalists, the mainstream media, are out there saying things like: "There's a headline in U.S. News and World Report saying that." Too few immigrants, illegal and legal combined, too few immigrants are causing inflation. <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of moron can write a, a, a headline like that and then write an article based on completely imbecilic thought processes? But this is what they expect the American people to read and say, hmm, oh, well, we need more uh, illegal immigrants. We need more immigrants in here. Then that'll reduce inflation. <laughs> it's, it's insanity. So the bottom line is this. It takes our voice, Sean. It takes your voice. It takes my voice to go out there and tell people who are listening, no, inflation is not caused by any other source except government.
Right. I mean, it seems like they're just trying to scapegoat, blame the inflation on Putin, blame the inflation on Trump, blame the inflation on anyone else but themselves. Uh, however, you know, people aren't buying it. You know, you can try to say that uh, inflation, we need, we need more censorship to stop inflation or more social justice or whatever it may be. But it just seems like they're throwing out buzzwords like climate change anytime they're quizzed about inflation. That's right. And again, they, they prey on the fact that, uh, unfortunately, we're not teaching economics in school. We're teaching things like how you can have multiple uh, pronouns and, and children are being punished now for not using the quote, the right pronoun. <laughs> but, but you certainly don't want to teach uh, what Milton Friedman was, was preaching uh, 50 years ago. Milton Friedman, as I said, was right back then and he's right today. Now, I mentioned uh, immigration, Sean. Um, I want to talk about that real quick. This is an issue that I have really taken heart to now for the better part of two decades because I lived along the border for most of my life. I actually, I lived along the border before this sector of the border was secure and now it's secure. San Diego in the 90s, in the early 90s, had one of the worst portions of the border. They, they used to do these things called bonsai runs straight through the border lanes from TJ. They would get about 100 people and they would just run through the car lanes and, and right past the uh, INS back then, the INS agents who were inspecting the cars. And the, the theory was like a shotgun. Some of these pellets are gonna get through and, and, and some of them are gonna get caught. And that's how much that border was wide open. Of all people in 1994, Bill Clinton came along with Janet Reno and they built a double layer fence, just like President Trump has been building along the vast majority of this border and then stopping, obviously, when he was forced out of office. But they built a double-layer fence, Clinton did, and Janet Reno, that started at the Pacific Ocean, went about 15 miles. It brought illegal immigration in that sector, south of San Diego, right at TJ, right at the border right there, almost to zero. Fencing, walls, work, and that's what President Trump was trying to do. Now, fast forward to today, we have a huge problem along our border, it's one that's not getting nearly enough attention. It is a war zone down there. Our sovereignty is under attack. In the month of March alone, Border Patrol encountered, this is the, the, the encounters that were recorded, a quarter of a million illegals. In the month of March alone, this country, this republic cannot sustain this. And this Title 42 that they're trying, the Biden administration is trying to revoke, you know, it, it, it was a great tool, but it is a Band-Aid. And it worked during the government response to COVID. And who knows, maybe, you know, you could continue to make it work now even because there's still a molecule of COVID out there somewhere. But the bottom line is that's not the solution. The solution is a government that is doing its sworn duty. And that is protecting. There's only a couple of functions written in the Constitution. And one of them is to, re to protect this republic and the state's within the republic, and it has completely abdicated its role as that. So where does that leave us, Sean? Well, uh, I believe it leaves us where the Minutemen were about 10 or 15, 20 years ago. I don't know if you remember the group called the Minutemen. They were ridiculed. They were attacked as being racist. All they were doing was guys along the border. Yeah, they carry firearms. So what? They were patrolling the border because back then government was doing what it is today. 
and that is abdicating its role as protectors of the people inside this republic. Well, today there's a group called Patriots for American Militia that sounds very similar to the uh, Minutemen. You know how I know this? Because the ACLU is attacking them as racist. So if the ACLU is attacking this group, Patriots for American Militia, as racist, it means they're right over the target, as General Flynn would say. And I will tell you this, that is what is needed. It is time for the American people to say, no more, we're going to take this matter into our own hands lawfully, and we're going to do what the federal government is not doing. Nothing against the Border Patrol agents, but they are overwhelmed. 250,000 illegals in one month, you can't possibly come. I mean, that's again, that's the, 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 the number that was measured. How many did they not get? How much drugs did they not catch? How many tunnels were not discovered along the border? Because they're distracted. What else is going on? How many terrorists were let in? I support groups like Patriots for American Militia. And I, I believe that if, if they had a call to arms, I would go down there with my firearms, and I know that there are tens of thousands of Americans who would be right down there with me. We can rotate in and rotate out, and we can secure this border, and we can do what the federal government should be doing. Yeah, and I think it could be done peacefully. We've got too many half measures going on now in Arizona. Governor Ducey uh, just shipping a bunch of illegals to Washington, D.C. on buses. It makes a statement. It's probably better than doing nothing. But Carrie Lake, who's running for governor there, America First candidate endorsed by Trump, she says, just send them back, you know. Uh, so that would be truly a following the rule of law. Uh, I guess we can find you on GrahamLedger.com. Where else are you writing any blogs or anything right now, Graham? I, th I think you can find me on American uh, Media Periscope.com, uh, doing some uh, interviews there. We're going to go out and talk to some uh, movers and shakers. I'm not going to tell you exactly who, but I think you'll recognize either the names of the people we'll be interviewing uh, or the uh, subject matter, that's for sure. And we're going to dive a little bit deeper, put those uh, on the website for everybody to enjoy uh, and hopefully learn something. Great. Thank you for reporting today, Graham Ledger. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk to Josh Reed of The Red Pill Project. Well, Josh Reed is a veteran of the U.S. Navy and host of the Daily Dose podcast on redpills.tv. Josh, what do you think about Elon Musk's latest tweets regarding Twitter spam bots? 
Well, I think he's on to something that we've all known for a very long, long time, Sean, is that the social media platforms have been lying to their marketing companies for a long time. And I'm one of them. I was a victim of this back in 2014, 2015, when we marketed a lot on social media with the marketing agency that I actually operated. And one of the things that we noticed was the analytics didn't make any sense. We were running a campaign for some app downloads. And what was happening is we were getting 70,000 to 140,000 different unique clips within, uh, clicks within Twitter and Facebook. And they were going to the app store. And within one second, they would basically leave the app store. And we contested this and we got our money back. But basically what this shows us is that there are a lot of different types of bots that are operating on these social platforms. And this is one of the ways that they utilize to fill the space. Now, Bots are nothing new to the internet. They're nothing new to the social media space. If people actually knew the truth about who they're interacting with on the internet, I guarantee you they'd be pleasantly or they would be unpleasantly surprised is that the majority of the people that you're interacting with right now on the internet in the sense of social media, whether it's Facebook, whether it's uh, the Flat Earth Society, whether it is Twitter and it's Joe Biden pundits, it, the majority of these people are bots. And so it's interesting too, because if you remember during the 2020 election, Sean, there was a company out there known as Defeat Disinformation. This was a uh, private interest that came about and it was ran by General, former General McChrystal. And he was utilizing DARPA artificial intelligence technology to basically sync up with blue checkmark accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and other social media platforms to produce counter narratives against what conservatives would be saying. Now, what this, how this operated is basically these blue checkmark accounts would be contacted and then they would be integrated into the system. As well, this artificial intelligence system went out there and created a series of different profiles throughout all of Twitterverse giving them automatic authentication, giving them blue check marks and having the authority to go out there and create these alternative narratives that support the leftist narrative, the leftist view, and basically try to disregard the conservative view in the sense of facts, disinformation, propaganda, so forth. And so we've been dealing with this for a very, very long time. It was one of the swaying factors in the sense of the polling on social media during the 2020 election. It is one of the biggest promulgators of disinformation, misinformation, and propaganda on the internet. And Elon Musk is estimating that there's about 20% that they're seeing with the numbers right now of fake accounts that are artificially intelligent controlled on Twitter. Now that 20%, he said, even he said, is a low estimate. And from people I know in this industry who are out there working in artificial intelligence, and I got some really good big connections that are making a lot of big breakthroughs, they're telling me that almost about 40 to 50% of the accounts on social media are artificial intelligence, are these various different bots. And these bots are incredibly intelligent. They go out there and they are linked directly into the algorithms. They can produce counter narratives. They can even go out there and write articles on the internet, have them published on various different platforms, medium, so forth, opinion pieces, and then utilize them in their bot army against conservatives, as well as I think that a lot of these uh, fact checker organizations are probably automated with algorithms as well. And so this yeah, is- I even uh, heard a, a social media influencer on Twitter who said that once Elon Musk made the announcement he might be buying Twitter, 
there was all of these bots were removed and he found himself with no followers left. Literally all the followers he had were bots. He was interacting with them and he thought they were real people. And uh, we've got these uh, fake profiles where they even use artificial intelligence to artificially generate a face that doesn't really exist. It's not a real person. They didn't steal a photograph from a real person. They, auto they generated a fake face using AI. So it's really complex. We've got sovereign nations, militaries, intelligence agencies, probably oligarchs and billionaires, just really fighting this information warfare with these advanced technologies. Yeah, absolutely. And it's happening every day in your life. So one of the things that we did once this news broke about Elon Musk talking about the 20% bots on Twitter is uh, my my team went out there and they started looking at Joe Biden's uh, official Twitter pro, uh, profile for POTUS. And they did a survey of about 100, 150 different uh, randomly selected accounts uh, just off to the top of the list. And what we found was 60%, six out of every 10 were bots. And you can easily tell which ones are bots or not. They ramble on the same jargon. They repost each other's stuff over and over and over again. Um, and so about 60% of Joe Biden's followers on Twitter were found out to be bots. Now, this is incredibly damaging for the reputation of the uh, the illegitimate president of the United States, because this is a man who supposedly got more votes in the first black president, more votes than Donald Trump, who got more votes in the first black president and apparently won the 2020 election. And now we're seeing that his Twitter following is 60 percent automated AI bots. And uh, we're seeing this other video coming out from Project Veritas pertaining to socialism and communism being a, uh, a a prominent factor in the censorship of Twitter. And Elon Musk, I don't know if you just saw this, just replied back to the tweet of this video asking if this was legitimate. And it was responded back, yes, very. <laughs> yes, it is a legitimate you know, a Twitter employee who was talking about what happens behind the scenes, the culture of Twitter, because you can't have a, uh, a respite, a, a secure uh, platform for bots, unless you support the idea of there being bots. If the, the, the actual algorithm of Twitter probably supports this, we know that Twitter has government partnerships. We know that the House Assad was heavily invested in Twitter. Uh, so of course, uh, you know, they're implicated, but there's this $1 billion fee. It's a back out fee. And Elon Musk is saying, that Twitter was false in its, its statements that it made to the SEC regarding its subscription uh, numbers here. So he could end up making a billion dollars even if, if the deal's not done. And if the deal is done, he can pay less because uh, all the subscription numbers were overinflated. Well, yeah, and there's more to this. If you've noticed what Elon Musk has been talking about, he's been talking a lot about chronological order on Twitter posts. And he tells people to go in there, hit the stars, go in there, change your post. It's chronological, chronological order. He made a comment the other day that chronological order is incredibly important. Now, one thing that Elon Musk has been doing very well is he's been documenting everything that he's been doing with engagement on Twitter within Twitter on his Twitter profile. Now, 
if we look at what happened is there was a series of different people, groups and organizations and governments that came out and actually funded a smear campaign against Elon Musk when he tried to buy Twitter. This was the European government. This was the Clinton Foundation. This was Open Societies with George Soros, as well as other different private individuals. Now, Elon Musk lost billions of dollars of net worth because of this smear campaign. Now, the smear campaign was completely unsubstantiated. It was completely unfactual. But these people funded it in private, utilized Media Matters and different types of other leftist organizations that go out there and slander with malice Elon Musk, of which... He lost, I think, approximately $80 billion. Now, if you add up the net worth of all those um, governments, all those corporations and so forth, all those organizations, you know, Elon Musk has a pretty hefty lawsuit on his hands if he wanted to go after them against uh, for slander with malice for this campaign of disinformation that they ran against him. And what this is really doing, Sean, is this is showing the complicity of the left and how they are running these disinformation and unfactual campaigns against people who stand in the way of their global narrative. Yeah, I really appreciate the fact that uh, a bunch of organizations, deep state organizations, really put th their name on, on that list so we know who they are and what they stand for. It reminds me when I was talking to Dr. Mark Sherwood about uh, the World Health Organization trying to take over these national health emergencies. Like, at least we know now what the agenda is, what they're trying to do. They're, they're signing on the dotted line and saying, yep, that's us. We are the deep state. Yeah. So, uh, you know, do you think that's a helpful way uh, of analyzing things, finding out who is against free speech and who, who is for it, who is against it? And then we can, it's a, like a litmus test, right? It is. And, and I think it's good to identify these organizations, these people, and to fund them immediately. Now, you just mentioned the World Health Organization. This is critically important because I, I think what a lot of people are not realizing is that the Supreme Court... Um, majority ruling that was leaked by from Judge Alito. Um, this actually pertains to this World Health Organization treaty. Now, if you go back to the Roe versus Wade laws or Roe versus Wade case, what this is basically saying is the federal government has no constitutional mandate to basically go in and manage the health of an individual. They have no authority to manage the health care of an individual person. This is left unto the states and the people respectively. This is what the ruling basically says. That means that the United States government has no authority over your health, no authority over the say what you do with your health. There's nothing in the Constitution that mandates this. This is why this is such a major win, because and I think this is timed perfectly, because this means that the federal government has no constitutional authority to enter into international treaties or agreements with any type of organization pertaining to Americans' health or to the protection of Americans' health. Only states can do that on an individualized basis. Right. Good point. And, and I'm happy I got to talk to both you and uh, Dr. Mark Sherwood about this because a lot of patriots are, are getting anxious about it and, and thinking that once a piece of paper is signed that they're, all their freedoms are going away. But hey, those freedoms <laughs> left a while ago and it wasn't done legally, right? It was, there's never any real legality to taking our constitutional rights and there never will be. So we need to get stand on the Constitution, stand on those uh, you know, freedom principles so we can really understand what sovereignty is, where it comes from, and we can, we can keep our sovereignty based on that. And I liked what he had to say about sheriffs, 
too, because we're not using the resources that we have to uh, exercise our, our sovereignty at the, at the county level, at the state level, and so forth. And I know you're big on that. Uh, but I wanted to talk to you briefly about the Sri Lankan president. He just put out a speech. It was one of the most surreal speeches I've ever read, where he talked about how the country, uh, at one point, its treasury had many millions of, of dollars available. Now they're, they're down to their last $1 million for the whole government. Uh, they've got only day's worth of energy supplies. People are already riding on the streets. Uh, and he's basically saying it's going to get worse. And this just reminded me of that phrase that you often use, firestorm event, and how we've seen since we, you and I started talking about this, we've seen a lot more supply chain disruptions. The baby formula shortage, for example, uh, you know, is this a sign of things to come and it's going to be hitting these more corrupt third world countries first and then the big countries? You nailed it. That's exactly right, Sean. And so one of the things when we explain this firestorm event, and for those that don't know, the firestorm event involves cyber attacks on infrastructure events, disruptions in massive supply chain, the housing bubble collapse, the global economic financial collapse, the debasing of the dollar, the hyperinflation of the dollar, and World War III and political instability within the local, state, and federal level. This is something that I predicted November 2020 uh, and been saying it ever since and kind of giving people uh, an idea of how this is unfolding. And right now, this is actually happening right now. It, it's, it's occurring. And I said that we're going to start seeing the majority of these collapses occur within third world countries primarily. This is going to be where the collapse begins to occur. As well, we'll start seeing coups around the world. Now, there's an attempted coup attempt in Mali just the other day. And we've had a few more throughout the last past few months. Now, what's happening in Sri Lanka, they have mass famine. They have energy and fuel crises going on. The people are revolting, chasing politicians down the street, throwing their cars off bridges. Apparently, from our sources, about 12 different politicians have been burned at the stake and murdered because of what is happening right now. Now, this is what is being done in these third world countries, and it's going to get a lot worse. If you remember about about five months ago, Colombia had uprisings and they had already taken the guns away from the Colombian citizens and the military was called out, martial law declared, and they were shooting unarmed civilians in the middle of the street. We're having these types of supply chain disruptions hit third world countries all around our planet right now. I think you have about 12 to 15 different countries experiencing famine level um, events as well as on the brink of bankruptcy. The other big first world nation that you have on the brink of bankruptcy is Japan. Japan is over leveraged on their debt 250%. They are the number one holders of US debt, US bonds. And what they do is they utilize the buying back of those bonds. They, they make mandate through their own citizens with a 0% interest. They go out and buy US debt. And then the US basically gives them that interest payment, which funds their military, which is an agreement that they have between the US and Japan. And guess what? Those days are coming to an end because the Japan is close to defaulting on their national debt. If they miss a payment and default on their national debt, the Great Reset has begun and first world nations will be the first to succumb to it. Now, this is important wow. to understand. Well, real quick though, Josh, uh, yeah. I just think it's important to comment since you brought up Japan. And if that is an inflection point, then on the military side, it's already been leaked that China's, you know, 
game planning, the uh, taking back Taiwan. So, so if Japan falls economically, uh, that would be probably an indicator that, that China would take an advantage uh, of that situation to invade Taiwan. Do you think that's a reasonable guess? 100% reasonable in a militaristic standpoint because it's actually going to be a force play in a geographical uh, scenario because China is not doing so great either. China's been on lockdowns for about four months. Their economy is completely shot. Don't ever forget about the Evergrande scandal that's going on. And so what we're going to see is first world nations coming to the point of financial collapse to the point where sparking international war is one of the ways that they're going to get their people out of these depressionary type of, uh, of events. And so I think that Europe is going to be a close second. I think uh, we're going to start seeing European nations collapsing. They've been on the verge of collapse ever since they joined the European U Union. But China definitely is uh, waiting for some type of global event to happen before they go in there and engage Taiwan. They're ready for it. And I think what that event is, is the first first world countries to come about through the Great Reset, as well as for NATO and the Western nations to get involved within the proxy war that's occurring right now between Russia. I think that once Finland and Sweden probably enter NATO, I think what's going to happen is Turkey's going to probably be either ejected from NATO or Turkey's going to surmise and probably just vote the yes to get Sweden and Finland in there. When that happens, Russia is going to launch some type of attack, probably a forward aggression into Poland, into Sweden and Finland. Um, and that's when really World War III is going to start to begin. And that's when China is going to make their move on Taiwan because you have the vulnerability of the West because of the situation in Eastern Europe. That's a good point, Josh, that I haven't heard anyone say is the fact that it's the economic problems that the governments will use as the excuse to get into war because they, they want to jumpstart their economy. You know, the, the war profiteers always want to make money off of wars as well. And, and so that could be it. And uh, when you say that the U.S. and Japan and Europe and China are all having economic problems, it's, it makes you wonder where is the safe haven because you just named all the biggest uh, you know, economies in the world. I am thinking a little bit of how independent is becoming with their commodities and with their currency protection that they're, they've had to institute, they've been forced to, uh, but also Brazil where I live, it's, it's quite independent uh, as far as resources and, uh, and manufacturing and so forth. And they're also allied with Russia and China and India. So there might be this kind of new you know, brick block economically and politically that might try to avoid the war and, and we'll, we'll kind of come out of this uh, as way more powerful than they were before. What are your thoughts on that? You only have 30 seconds and then you can okay. uh, wrap everything up. Order out of chaos, Sean. This is their plan from the beginning. A friend of mine works in the Treasury Department, and he has it, he's been building the blockchain out, the digital currency. The U.S. dollar is going to collapse before December. The digital currency blockchain system for the United States dollar will be implemented in January. This is the safe haven. Never have a crisis without a solution already in place. They already know what's going to happen. Dark winter is coming right after the election. They're going to utilize this to steal it from the American First candidates, and then they're going to implement their Great Reset starting in January. January. It's happening. It's coming. People need to wake up. People need to get active. Absolutely, because this is this is the time. This is election time. America First candidates are surging. And so we need to take the power back. Thank you for joining us, Josh Reed of the Red Pill Project. Check that out on redpills.com.
TV. We're going to take a quick break and get my final thoughts. I'm Clay Clark, and I'm not an inventor. And this is Bob. My name is Bob Healy, and I'm the inventor of the Grill Blazer Grill Gun. Gentlemen, let me introduce you to the Grill Gun. Oh! I would have greened that anyway. I need that! Yes! So, Bob, how does your equation work? Okay, now hang on. It's a fairly sophisticated equation. You have a grill gun. It creates fire. Fire plus grilling equals America. You push it down and... Yeah. <laughs> it is a lot of fun. Check it out! <laughs> fire plus grilling equals America. Thank you for watching AmericanMediaPeriscope.com, America's Patriot-only network. Interesting how Josh Reed said that World War III officially could kick off because of an economic downturn. The governments would use that as an excuse. And, and interesting to see where the dominoes might fall first. Uh, we talked about Japan falling and then China making a move on Taiwan after that. Uh, certainly, it's been interesting to watch the Russia-Ukraine situation, because uh, you know that, there was a big lead up to that. Uh, Russia's been through this before, and they've become more and more resilient. And so, I think this is the economic and military side of this is important. But remember John Michael Chambers' speech at the very beginning of the show: "We already are at war. World War III already kicked off. It's an information war. It's a psychological war. Uh, this whole buying Twitter, finding out about the bots." Uh, this is part of the warfare. In fact, even just sharing the truth in alternative media like we're doing now, you watching it and sharing it with others, you are digital soldiers. And it's lucky that we can participate and we can be a part of this historic conflict in a way that's peaceful, right? We want to take back our country in peaceful means. Uh, Graham Ledger also talked about that, how if the government's not doing their job, perhaps we can step in by peaceful means and try to keep the peace as well. Uh, that's what it's all about. That's what Trump was all about. And that's what Trump is going to be all about. Once again, is peace through strength, making America great again. They can try to say that ultra MAGA and the return of the MAGA king and all of these things, try to make MAGA sound bad or sound extremist, but MAGA stands for make America great again. We're keeping our sovereignty. We're keeping America. We're going to make America better than it's ever been before. The future is bright, but only if we stand up. That's how you keep sovereignty. You keep your sovereignty by standing up. Thank you for watching Making Sense of the Madness, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. God bless all you patriots. Good night and good luck.